0: Welcome back for another nerdy episode where books and drinking go hand in hand and where foreshadowing and bizarre theories are all the buzz. Now get ready as we crack open and crack up over our new novels. I'm Aiden Galloway. I'm Bryn Plyler and this is Sips and Subtext. The following podcast contains strong language, references to alcohol and sexual behavior, and books and characters we don't own. hey guys welcome back hey guys uh yeah sure but you have to start it's your turn oh i thought that was me starting okay <gasps> <laughs> okay okay uh, honestly i think this should be our intro okay uh, this makes sense for us it all comes together eventually okay hi so aiden how you doing I am doing pretty good. I just Mm -hmm. finally filled out an application. Um, So on the personal front, along with this podcast, doing great, except Mm -hmm. that my cohort decided not to. (laughs) Sorry. I'm sorry. I am sorry. I'm mad at you already. How dare you correct me? (laughs) You correct me on that, but not when I say it A character's name wrong in the Love of Our Life Harry Potter franchise. So I I make a fool of myself in the first episode saying that Lucian's the same as Lucius. (laughs) And you don't even correct me. Okay. In my defense, no, this doesn't excuse it. But whenever you said it, I was like, yeah, no, what is it? I don't want to say it and be wrong so you let me be wrong I, <laughs> I am the goat what's the the slot the scapegoat yes that's that's the word mm-hmm. that is the goat i am the greatest of all time and the scapegoat i'm all the goats <laughs> and you have betrayed me once again brindlein <laughs> oh no we're bringing that in oh, we're bringing that in your full name <laughs> no, no it's not i was gonna say no. it's not even close oh okay so to be clear i mm-hmm. had to find out from a TikTok. <laughs> that Lucius Malfoy is his name, not Lucian Malfoy, even though they sound similar enough. They a TikTok. They do sound very similar. That's why I was like so confused. And I was like, it could be, like, it really could. But do I, am I remembering it wrong? It has been several years since I have read Harry Potter and also a very long time since I have watched. Even if with this pandemic, I was a full time student with two jobs and a social life. So I did not have time to watch movies. So you and my boyfriend are my social life. (laughs) Don't look at me that way. (laughs) I also don't have a social life. I also just consider creeping my sisters in there too. Okay. Half those people have to hang out with you because, (laughs) but yes, (laughs) it's the same amount of a social life that I have. But to find out that I'm having to discover this lack of this lack of understanding and my mistake from a TikTok where a girl's talking about how much she wants to bone all the adult men of Hogwarts—that's just a blow to my ego. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's. I'm sure we'll have a lot more of those. It's okay. Something that I wanted to address is that, you know, uh, last episode, we talked a lot of crap about Feyre. And then mm-hmm. I almost immediately turned around and compared her to my sister. So I just wanted to address that. That I love you hate my, your sister. I love my sister. I love my sister. And Avery reminds me of Feyre very superficially, mostly in like looks and hobbies, not in her mannerisms and her decisions as of yet. I made those comparisons in like chapters one and two and I couldn't get it out of my head. I'm trying I'm working on getting it out of my head because I don't agree with favor's decisions. I don't always agree with Avery's decisions, but I love her and they are nowhere near what kind of decisions favor is having to make. So I just wanted you mean- to Avery has yet to murder an obviously Fae werewolf in the woods. Correct. She hasn't done, she has not done that yet. I'll get back to you if she does. I think that's on her bucket list though. I know it's online. (laughs) I mean, if, if killing a werewolf brings you to a castle with. Is he a werewolf? I'm saying he's a werewolf because he was transformed and he's kind of a man, but he no, can't transform by his own volition. I'm just using the wor- word very easily, and it, obviously, it's not what a real werewolf is. But I just wanted to make sure, since since you're mad at me about the Lucian Lucius thing, I just want to make sure. So you're questioning me yet. at every turn now. Yes. Okay. <laughs> that, that's probably good. I need someone to take me down a peg every once in a while. <laughs> is it worth the Tamlin? We'll see. I'm I'm questioning Tamlin. I'm starting to question him a little bit yeah we'll get into that in a minute but yep. second we'll get we'll start getting into like book stuff now we have decided to cut back on how many chapters we talk about per episode because as you listen to last episode we talked for a really really long time just about eight chapters so we're gonna cut it back to five and hopefully, we will control our word vomit better. And speaking of vomit, the drink of the day, <laughs> the drink of Great the episode transition. It's, it's the only transitions I know. Uh, the drink of the episode is called the cauldron. It's something that we happen to find throughout our research. And obviously, you guys will see very soon how it ties in. Mm-hmm. It, it, it almost feels like a religious element to the Fae. Um, <clears throat> but it is. Rum. I didn't exactly measure anything I poured it with my heart, but it's rum, cranberry juice, Sprite. And if you're wanting to go for the more spooky aspects of it, you would add a little bit of black food coloring gel and some dry, dry ice, ice mm-hmm. which is frozen carbon dioxide. I don't know why I went to dioxide first before ice, but we're doing great over here. <laughs> yes. We also wanted to say that like we are drinking. We just happen to be really good at focusing even while tipsy because I noticed while editing last week that we don't really sound even an hour and a half in, we don't totally sound like we're drinking, but we had a lot of wine last week. We we both, we both finished a bottle of wine separately. Like we were not helping each other at all in that endeavor because I'm in Tennessee and she's in Miami and we, we were able to finish it. (laughs) Yeah. So like, I don't know, I don't know if it's just because we have you know, something that we're passionate about and something mm-hmm. to focus on that makes us sound like we are not drinking, which is awesome. Good to know. I'm glad that that's a skill that we have for, you know, in case we need it, but you know, we are drinking. I'm We have this drink right here beside us. I pro- hope- I will probably be making a refill ha- at some point. And we hope you guys, um, if not now, if you're listening on the way to work, please don't drink and drive all those hopefully obvious cues but we hope you guys try out this drink with us so you can see and kind of have the experience and come along for the ride as we discuss this book whether you are reading the book will be reading the book or are following right alongside us and and we'll post the link to the recipe for this drink along with the episode yes absolutely because it it is really delicious Mm -hmm. and we both tasted it just right before we started recording. We looked at each other and we're like, oh, this is dangerous. Yes. So it's definitely something that, uh, drink with caution, but one one to try out, one to add to your repertoire, I think. Mm-hmm. And now on to our summary. So following what happened with Alice at the end of Chapter 8, Chapter 9 opens up with Feyre going to find Lucian. She ends up meeting Tomlin around along the way. They have a little bit of sparring of words, nothing much comes out of it until she does find Lucian at the stable. So they go on a hunt together. He as a courtier to check the surrounding lands and her essentially just to uh, see what information she can gather from Lucian. They're fairly quiet, but they do have a pretty good back and forth and seem to be getting along fairly well, even though obviously neither of them trust each other very much. She gets a little bit more background on why they're wearing masks about the masquerade, and a little bit on tomlin's powers and how he's the one who can shapeshift people as well as shapeshift himself obviously she learns a little bit about the seven courts and the power of the high fey and we begin to find out about some mysterious her that lucian is afraid of and then at the end of this chapter they feel something Strange in the forest, everything goes quiet and still and scared. And Lucian tells her to just look straight ahead, do nothing. And the bogey comes in. So the bogey comes in, in chapter 10 and whispers into her head about looking at him and all these scary words to try to manipulate her into looking at him. So he can therefore, it can therefore eat her. And she doesn't do it. She survives. And then they discuss different creatures that are entering until they finally get home and meet back up with Tomlin back to the manor. Lucian tells him about the bogey. Timeline immediately leaves to go hunt the bogey because he's one of the few people power enough and enough of a warrior to fight it. At the end of that night, Feyre is out looking, trying to see Tomlin come back because she's worried, not worried about him. And instead, she sees her father outside the window. In chapter eleven, she immediately leaves the house to go find her crippled father. And as she's about to follow into the woods, Tomlin stops her and asks her what she's doing, telling, essentially, calling her stupid and saying, "You know the creatures that live here. Why would you believe that that was your father?" She turns around again, and it's no longer her father. It's her bows and arrows. And they get into a fight and she communicates how much she wants to go home, that she would rather go with her father into the woods um, than stay here anymore. Tomlin tells her that her family is actually fed and comfortable. He is taking care of them as well as he's taking care of her. And she gives a little bit of a backstory about how he was not supposed to be the ruler of this court. He was supposed to just be a warrior and a soldier, not a high lord he tells her what the puta is and how it was manipulating her and goes back to hunting Uh, next day she speaks to lucian he explains about his moods um, about how everyone is too powerful as a high fade and gets bored with immortality she has a nightmare the next night about killing andras and her remorse about that and she is unable to sleep afterwards so because she can't sleep in chapter 12 favor decides to go looking through the manor to find escape routes kind of track the different halls windows doors that she can maybe use in the future and while she is doing that she hears commotion and that ends up being tomlin coming back from killing the bogey because she looks at him sees him bloodied and battered she feels empathy and pity for him and they go to the infirmary to patch up his wounds. They connect a little bit and then the next day she overhears a conversation between Lucian and Tomlin about how Tomlin's being too moody and not doing enough and how much that they have lost. She doesn't really understand, Feyre doesn't, what they're talking about. But it ends up being that Lucian can't stay with her today so instead she is forced to hanging out with Tomlin, and she asked to go see the, the study so she can write letters to her family. She talked a little about how she learned to hunt, and what the treaty is like. And Tomlin can't tell her much of anything about the blight, or things going to be happening, or why the bogey is here. Um, And he seems scared about why he can't say that. And then they get to the study. Chapter 13 is Feyre in the study, trying to learn to read and write, trying to write letters to her family. Um, She's catching on a little bit, but still not that well. Um, But she gets distracted by a huge painting um, within the room that goes through essentially the mythology of the fairy from the Cauldron of Creation to the war between the humans and a little bit about the treaty to the current seven courts and somewhere that is under the mountain that she knows just by looking she never wants to go to. And from there, Tamlin comes back in and finds her little notes and that she can't read and tries to offer to teach her how to read. Um, She gets into a fight with him about this because he's not as understanding or as well-spoken in a situation as he could have been, and he and she ends up just leaving him there because she doesn't want to be reminded of her shortcomings and what she can't do anymore. From there, she goes to find Lucian in his room. From that, she ends up discussing what the surreal would like and dislike, and Lucian gives her a knife and says, if you don't find the cereal, go trap it. I will be there to help you. And at the very end, he says that I'm starting to like you for a murdering human. And that's our summary for chapters 9 through 13. So you ready to just jump in to the deep end? you want to start talking chapter 9? Are we going to do chapter by chapter? Because I'm ready to just go with the flow and oh. see where the conversation leads us. Okay. But chapter 9... Well, I mean, I was starting at the front, but... What happened in Chapter 9? What did Feyre do to make me upset in Chapter 9? Let me look at my notes. I will go ahead and say that what pissed me off was like, I don't know why she's avoiding Tamlin so much. Yeah. (laughs) I get that he's her captor. And she does say, you know, he's the most dangerous you know creature that she's ever met been around interacted with yes but he has not done anything to hurt her yet like i don't know what is putting her off about it i don't know if she's like worried that she's gonna pursue him if she gets too close to him or or what but i don't know why she keeps putting him off and he's obviously pissed about it he is stubborn <laughs> and oh, yes. cannot see the good in anything that she has been taught all her life is bad like even with Lucian her only the only reason she got close to him was for the manipulation and the possibility of getting information and possibly a leg up on Tamlin that was it. Mm-hmm. and i think the development of her being able to see these people the fae as people as i won't say humans because he, i think it's important to differentiate between human and people almost Mm-hmm. because uh, there's a lot of humans that don't treat people like people i would say i agree but as someone who works in the service industry i agree so my actual notes was less about her because i could kind of see it like if i get kidnapped i'm not gonna be the first one to like just be like okay let's do some stockholm syndrome you know mm-hmm but the, his reactions whenever she would say no to him always make me laugh because he gets so huffy he's like a little kid who doesn't get to play with the toy on the toy ground and just trying to like stomps off mm-hmm. and then he gets mad at other people like Lucian because he didn't get to like spend time with Feyre which mm-hmm. is I'm making it out to be a joke but that's honestly not my favorite character trait it's a mm-hmm. little bit possessive to a certain extent Mm -hmm. obviously immature but tamlin i don't think it's written to be the most mature of beings or at least not in relationships to women he might be interested in i agree i think he has his strengths you know he is one of the high fey he is in charge of this very large space you know these he has an entire realm that is under his control and he's obviously very good at controlling it not controlling it but you know Uh, keeping managing it, it managing it there you go thank you and you know I feel like he has potential to be very good in all aspects but I think whenever it comes to interpersonal connections and relationships I think that he struggles on that front because I think in a management role you put yourself not above other people but you can almost think of it as a battlefield and you know, like you're moving these little pieces around on a battlefield and you're not exactly having to interact with them or manage their feelings. they just do what you want them to, when you want them to. Whereas whenever you are having a one-on-one conversation with someone, you are on the same level as they are. And I don't think that's what he's used to. I think he's used to being above people. And I think with Lucian, he's able to assert a sort of dominance and like Lucian knows his place whereas Mm -hmm. Feyre keeps pushing back against him. And I don't think that he's used to that and he doesn't know how to handle that. So I think he's trying to figure that out. I don't think he's going about it the right way, but I'm going to cut him some slack because maybe this is new territory for him. No, I definitely agree with that because it's in the later chapters, but they do talk about how his when she's overhearing the conversation between Lucian and Tamlin, how he learned a lot of management from his father who was in the war, I think against the humans from as I Mm -hmm. was understanding that. So that is how he learned how to manage people. He's much more a warrior than someone who is supposed to be in charge of domestic issues. Mm -hmm. Like he was trained to be out fighting and in wars, not Mm at a house like talking to the maids about how to best press linens type thing right yes. not that Alice needs help with that I'm sure she knows she's doing just fine but I do agree I think a lot of the interest he has with Feyre is the fact that even though he's given her such a blessing in his mind she still pushes back and still fights him at essentially every turn and mm-hmm. I think that's piqued his interest as much as it annoyed him mm-hmm. It's kind of in enemies to lovers, except I don't think he ever hated her. And I that's agree. The, and that's the, I love a good enemies to lovers. And that's where I'm like, I wish he would be more like, ah, stupid human. But he just pities her so much that it's just souring the, mm-hmm. the passion that normally comes with the enemies to lovers to me. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't like the way that he, I did, I will say whenever they are in the study and he offers to write the letter for her because she's illiterate which like whoa didn't that's new information okay whenever he offers to write her that and she says you know are you not just gonna do it to make fun of me and he says you know why would I make fun of you for a shortcoming that was out of your control and I thought that that was very mature and grown up of him for him to go about it that way and yet she's still kind of she got out of it and, you know, made (laughs) sure that he was not going to, she was not going to accept his help. Mm -hmm. And I still don't like the way he responded whenever he, whenever she said no. And, you know, then she leaves almost crying and yeah. So mm, I thought that that was a very difficult scene because he had a good point whenever he was like you know how am I supposed to judge you and make fun of you for something that you had no control over and then turns around and says well you weren't what I expected it for a human either and then you know flashbacks to her sister so I did it yes I I understand how she could view that as a bad comment but she is not a understanding Receiver of information. So I think he just says things the shittiest way possible. I agree. I don't know that he meant it as like, "Oh, you're." A-. I honestly think he probably thought all humans were pieces of shit, and I think that was meant to be a compliment. I, you're not I, what I do. I t- too. It's just the way he says. It- come. He has what we were talking about word vomit it's just word vomit (laughs) he does not know how he's articulate can read and write probably has read in 15 different languages Mm -hmm. speak to girl no words (laughs) brain empty no can do no can do no no speak to women (laughs) like there's two brain cells and they're all at latin and none to women it's that's how it works in his brain (laughs) to me (laughs) (sighs) yeah i agree um i thought (gasps) lucian did a lot he grew on me so so much in these five chapters i was like wait a second who are you i like you like he's still an ass but he's a he's a good person and you know at the end whenever she like not tricks him into telling her how to capture a stereo but like he's like mm, i'll tell you and yes i'll be there in the woods in case you need me and don't you know no one's gonna find out if someone finds out i'll out you too mm-hmm. but i will be there because i've started to like you even though you're a murdering piece of little whatever but murdering yeah. the human yes murdering little human that's the what he's what he said
1: there we go there's the slurring
0: i love him so much so much he is fulfilled i knew i knew it was coming but he's everything i love in a character just the the sat it's i i still have so many fears though because i I, i'm waiting for like the last 10 chapters for him to be like oh yeah i hope the cereal would have killed you i was nowhere near those woods or if i was there i was only there to cover my back so mm-hmm. i like yeah because tamlin I, I would don't... have killed me if you had died and i had told you how to do it but the whole time i was wanting you dead because you killed andras i hope i'm wrong because i i do sincerely i he's making me care for him because it's it's the lovable asshole thing yeah like, how can you not it's he he knows how to interact with people you can tell that he does mm-hmm. it. he i feel like so much of the story is being told in their interactions just how he reacts to different things like when they're talking about her going up when they do their own that walk before the what was it called the dumpy what was it though the bogey bogey uh, before that comes in, and he mentions her being in charge of everything and just his reaction as soon as her is mentioned. that that's so interesting. that made me really want to keep reading just the personalization of the facts and mm-hmm. how the characters are reacting to them, less the actual like description paragraphs that P- Moss has put in there. Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting whenever she did describe, you know, the, the, the woods that they were in, how vividly she talked about the flowers. Mm-hmm. And I understand, you know, they're in the spring court. Flowers are blooming. They're gorgeous. They probably smell good. And it was just interesting. I had to look up a bunch of the words. Cause I was like, I don't know what flowers these are. I didn't write them down either. So I don't know. I don't, I still don't know what they are, but, um, but they were beautiful flowers and um, it was I liked, I liked reading about all of that because it, you know, she kept saying, you know, we didn't talk for five miles on our horse, um, on our horses and, you know, Lucien to me, he is the lovable asshole. He is the Tony Stark, the Damon Salvador Mm -hmm. of this series. And I really like it. And, you know, I like i like the redhead i like the fox i like he he has so many different qualities that are now pulling me in i did not like him at first but i understood him Mm -hmm. now he's rounding out as a character and i love it i love he's he seems like one of the most when i say real here Mm -hmm. i mean like that's a person i can meet on the street and i would be like oh okay like you weren't just written for a book mm-hmm. to a certain extent a lot of the other characters feel very forced at times mm-hmm. like i think tomlin's starting to grow into it especially as you see how much pressure he has put on him and kind of how that's made him the rigid man of the house if you will that he mm-hmm. has to be Farah. It's like, I understand her trauma, but I'm also like, you can't use trauma as it's used to just do whatever the hell you want and make bad decisions. Mm -hmm. There's a certain time where you have to balance out the wrongs that were done to you with the wrongs that you're doing to others. Yeah, Lucian just felt very real to me. Mm -hmm. We, We very rarely try to discuss the actual content of the books. But we did get a discussion of what we thought the characters looked like and a big one was lucian because mm-hmm. i was pitching him a certain way you were picturing him a certain way and we were sending pictures back to forth yes. and, and all my responses like yes hell yes that's my man right there yes. <laughs> I, was just, I just loved him i love him so much and i don't think he'd like me maybe he would i i'm one of those people that give back as much as i get kind of as spira is starting to develop as well yeah. I liked whenever she would, you know, be like, I'm not taking your crap. You can insult me all you want, but I'm not going to accept it. Like, I'm not going to lay down and take it. Like, I'm going to say something back to you, you jackass, like and, rude. And that's where the respect come from. Yeah. I think he respects her, maybe likes her a little bit, but is still wary of her, mm-hmm. which I understand because everyone in this court has been taught certain things about humans, just how mm-hmm. humans have been taught certain things about the Fae. Mm-hmm. And it's just, worlds colliding and having to get over your own misconceptions and stereotypes Mm -hmm. is a lot of what's happening right now in the interactions yeah i agree so i'm gonna divert and i'm gonna go back to the study the mural i thought was a really interesting you don't like it no continue what you're saying i'll i'll hop in you say how much you like it and then i'll 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 talk about it you'll piss on it okay um (laughs) i thought it was really interesting that they even had one of their own lands and you know like you if you are an immortal being why do you really need a map of your own lands like if you're immortal you would have had the time and the you know time and space to learn all of this by heart and have it in your mind I don't know why you would need a mural but it's interesting and you know I think it was very beneficial for Feyre for it to be there because you know now she's able to go back and reference it she learned never to go north she's learned that there's a spot that is you know bald of of life bald of you know uh what did she say bald of life bald of oh bald of it's in the map yeah no it's called under the mountain in the map oh um, it is yeah see that's my issue when you just tell me things instead of showing me things is i will not read that and get every single detail i'm like okay you just give me four paragraphs that are all like 12 lines long i'm gonna skip or like speed read that and not get every single detail which is See not now those point. are the favorite those are my favorite paragraphs like i feel like there is such little teeny tiny details in those big paragraphs that are important later that you need to pay attention to them personally that's my my view on that i understand that viewpoint but i am a much more action orient i i would prefer not just being told i think it's a very interesting way to explain the world itself but I would much rather, to it's me- world building. Yes, it is world building, but I prefer my world building. Like if Tamlin and her got in a fight and you're like, oh, I'm just going to send you to the, the dawn of darkness or whatever the what they're called. I'm trying to find in the book, the dawn of night. Like use it as a threat. And you're like, what the heck is the dawn of darkness? And then you're like, "She's she remembers the dawn of darkness in the old fairy tales. Those are where even the worst of the worst fae are sent or the night court night court um, is what i'm referring to but i would prefer it to be done like that or like i picked up this book and all of a sudden i was sucked into this world and i could see and experience everything which is kind of how it was done because fayra is an artist so art to her is a much more sense sensory experience than it is for a lot of people but it also, just she felt, can't read so she couldn't have gotten it from a book. i know which i found very interesting i'm i'll finish on my mural and then i'll move to that point but i just i'd much rather things be explained in a way where it's not static almost where it's a little bit more conversational is how i prefer things to be like out Al- if alice had been like oh you like this mural here's this it's explanations which I'm sure we'll get into later mm-hmm. It's just it's not my favorite way to build the lore is mm-hmm. through a person all of a sudden getting epiphanies from looking at a painting well I think that you know I don't really think that she got an epiphany from it I think that she just basically was like okay so this is where I am this is where I was because she was able to pick out her village and then she's like okay if I ever decide to run don't go north mm-hmm. I think that was pretty much all that she got from it well she got a lot of their history too so she like that's oh, how that's we learned true. about learned about the cauldron essentially their cauldron is their creation story Yes. Mm-hmm. oh the fact that she can't read for anyone who loves Disney which I know you know some Disney Do you remember Beauty and the Beast who couldn't read in Beauty and the Beast do beast. you remember the, the Beast so it's a setting up Fae to the be- the beast all along when she thinks these are the Fae who are supposed to kill and eat children, whereas she's the one who has all these characteristics to them of being the actual beast and actually the animal, including killing one of their own. That was just a cool reference that I I realized that as I was reading. Um, yes, I know you're For those of Disney. you who don't know me. I'm a huge Disney fan. So I I just wanted to point that out because people might be like, you know, she doesn't know what Beauty and the Beast is. No, that's my favorite. Which I think (laughs) is why I like this story so much because it does relate back to that story. And I think as we're getting more and more into, I think the lines of who the beauty and who the beast is really starting to blur. And I like that a lot because that's, life and that's love and that's relationships as everyone is a little beastly everyone's a beauty that's why you're with that relationship with that person and I think that's important to not have a dichotomous relationship where one person's like the awful man who needs to be saved and there's the beautiful perfect woman who does nothing wrong like that's a more real relationship And I do like that that's that element's kind of being taken away and molded and shifted by the author. Um, I thought that, you know, these five chapters really pulled me in. You good? I almost spilled everything, but I didn't. So I am good. Okay. I thought that these five chapters, you know, the first eight were really just building the story, starting it, you know, like, nothing truly happened in the first eight stories other than she killed someone and then she had to deal with the consequences of it. Now we're getting into like the actual meat of the story and I'm excited. Now she's going to find and trap a serial and Lucian may or may not help her with it. And you know, who knows what's going to happen there? Is she going to get the answers to her questions? I'm excited because... I want I, I, I know some of her questions, like I'm sure that I have figured out some of them just by reading, but I want, like, you know how uh, um, authors like to throw random ones in, well, not random ones, but ones that you didn't think about in there for, you know, and then you're just like, oh my gosh, that is an amazing question to ask. And, you know, like, whenever they're like, I had an idea. And then doesn't tell the reader what the idea is until it's time for the execution. Mm -hmm. I always like that stuff. It pisses me off because I want to be in the know, but I like it. And I'm excited for where this is going to go because I want to see if Lucian is going to live up to his his character building that has happened. I like that he has somewhat befriended her and that they have a mutual respect Mm -hmm. at the very minimum. And I wonder if Tamlin's going to come back in and save her again because he had to save her from the puka, which we met a bogey and a puka. Now we're going to meet a surreal. I'm excited because we're meeting different Fae. I don't care. Like, I know what you're going to say about the puka. I know mm-hmm. what you're going to I saw your face. No. If you were trapped there and wanted to go home, you would also go after the puka, I wonder who's gonna save her from the cereal. Is it gonna be Tamlin? Is it gonna be Lucian? Is it gonna be both? Are they is there gonna have like what's I am interested okay, to on see the point what about happens. the putka. If I was her, yes, because my father's not a limping, useless, poor like ex rich dude who doesn't know how to do anything but whittle. Like my father can actually walk without a cane. So yes, I'd be like I know. No, I'm saying a man, like, uh, obviously dis- disabled people can do a lot. This disabled person decided not to do a lot most of the time. And I highly doubt that has changed if he truly is taken care of, like Tamlin says. I think he, they're pretty much just sitting pretty at home. Nessa's sitting married to abusive dude. Thomas. What was his job? They, do they have pigs or something? They're, fa- uh, they're farm. Yeah, I know something. Isaac's the richest farmer. They're relevant people <laughs> to me. But mm-hmm. if it was my father, yes, I would legitimately believe that he would come to the fairy court and save me. But her father, I would have immediately questioned why is my dad, who can't do anything for himself with a cane here, becking me into the scary woods? <laughs> But she wants to believe that her father would do this for her. Whether or not he was had the ability, she wants to believe that her father loves her enough to try to get her back, to try and save her. Whether or not he can, whether or not he would. Yes, she wants and that's to the whole point it. of the putra is it kind of feeds on your deepest wants. But there's a there's also a time when logic comes into play where you may maybe like, hmm. Why would uh, first of all the scariest fairy of all time is guarding this place. Don't you think he would have sniffed out your fault There's just a lot of, I understand it, but to a certain extent, it's still very frustrating. And yes, but you're of sound mind and you're not in that's the, the nicest thing. Anything you're not <laughs> anyone's ever in said this to situation. be that sound mind. <laughs> I could be tried in a court of law. That's how much I believe in your decision making. <laughs> Yes, I agree. I'm yeah. also interested okay. in the serial. I wonder if the serial will end up being... I think, according to the lore that she's heard, they answer any questions, but th- that doesn't mean they answer an unlimited amount of questions, so I wonder if it's going to be a twist, like, we right. will only answer five of your questions, or three, like a genie. Um, and then she has to rank them and yeah. decide on what's most important. Obviously, probably the first question she asks will not be that important, Then it's even more imperative I am very interested in that. I think Tamlin's probably going to save her. And then he's going to be like, Why were you out in the woods again? Don't you know that that's dangerous? Yeah, I think that I think it's probably going to be Tamlin that saves her as well. And then Lucian will come up kind of like at the tail end. And then, you know, maybe whenever it, if when and if it comes out that he's the bad person, like. He comes up at the end to say that he heard her scream, but he was just too late. You got there first, good job. But maybe he was just waiting mm-hmm. and wanting so he her did to have- die, like, and then yeah. trying to save his own butt by coming in and saying, "I heard her scream. I was coming, but I was just too late. And I'm glad you got here before I did." Go, Tamlin. Yes, I totally was not trying. Totally to not set trying her up to for avenge Andres' death totally not my possible lover slash definite friend but let's discuss i want to pivot to tamlin's abilities because i found that to be a really interesting development that so from what Mm -hmm, we knew mm -hmm. because she killed a wolf that was previously a fairy we just thought all fairies could transform on their own or at least all high fake yeah and that that led into the mass and all those different things Mm -hmm. but it turns out he transformed people which is so cool so so Mm -hmm. not only does he have his claws in his hands which is a a tattoo idea if i've ever heard one but he can just like magic someone to be a wolf sometimes that's awesome That was also very interesting to me because Lucian alludes to the fact that Matt or both of them allude to the fact that magic has not Mm -hmm. been right since the beginning of the blight. And that, you know, the fact that he can still do magic, like, you know, he's just like flicking all of the candles on in the study. And like, he's like silencing Lucian during their argument. And, you know, he's turning Anderson to a wolf, just, you know, we, we don't know how quickly of a process that was, but it makes it seem like it was just effortless. And so if there is a problem with the magic and he's still able to do all of these things, I wonder what his abilities were before the magic was tampered with and before it was dampened. Like he must have been a mm-hmm. real force to reckon with at his full, you know, height. or Height of height, power. But, you yeah. know, at full capacity. Yes, that must have been a very, very dangerous person, Faye, Faye. I mean, he's still a very dangerous Faye. But like if he can still do all of that mm-hmm. during a blight when magic is supposed to be, you know, next to nothing or really, really, you know, you have to it doesn't always turn out right and whatnot. And he's still able to do all of this, he's scared me he's scary. Like, he's starting to become a little bit more scary to me. Whereas at the beginning, I was just like... Wait, wait, wait. Wow, he's nice. <laughs> like, he was scary. So when he... No, okay. So he was scary. As a full wolf with... No. Okay. Antlers on his head. You're like, oh, he's nice. But when you find out he can transform others, you're like, "No, okay, oh, scary. I, <laughs> no, but it's like, he, you know whenever you first meet a pit bull or a German shepherd and they're protecting their owner and they're super duper scary. And then as soon as they get to know you, they're just like all lovable little creatures. And you know, that was how that went for me was that, you know, he's very, very scary to, Oh, okay. He's, you know, a nice, normal level He's a nice, normal level Faye. And, um, you know now it's starting to like he went from really high to really low on like the the danger scary scale for me and now he's slowly creeping See, he's back slowing up. down just because i know i can tell how much he's starting to so i wrote this actually in my notes <laughs> is tomlin lights adopting strays because i think lucian was a stray because i think lucian because that's how he lost his eyes he spoke out to the wrong person so i think Tomlin adopted him. I don't mm-hmm. know if we'll find out more about Alice, which, where was Alice? How dare she not show up in every single chapter? There were only three characters. There were only I three my girl back. speaking characters. <laughs> I agree. She was mentioned, like, in chapter, at the very beginning of chapter nine, mm-hmm. whenever they got her bath ready. And that was it. Oh no. She was also mentioned whenever Pharaoh was like, Alice might've been right. Maybe he yeah. does need somebody to snap at him. I think those are the, the two of, mentions uh, of Alice. 10, 10 after their first hug. Um, but mm-hmm. I think what was also interesting to me, that kind of softened me towards Tamlin a little bit, even though I don't like how like moody he is, I literally have moody boy written down with B O I. Cause this is how I'm taking notes. <laughs> um, but when he comes in after hunting the bo- bogey, and has very little injuries, but of course protagonist has to take care of bitzy man to wrap up his hand, um, and they kind of bond over their mutual trauma of having to take care of things younger than they should have. So it kind of sounds like his father died earlier. Or maybe he had an older brother who was supposed to take over the court and he was never meant to live this life and he had to take on this responsibility sooner and more than he should have. And obviously, Fabra has a lot of responsibility mm-hmm. back at her house, which she's starting to let go of because Tomlin has promised her and she's actually believing him that they are taken care of, secure, they're fine. And so she's be able to recovering from the mm-hmm. trauma of that vow with her mother. And that was an interesting bonding point. Yeah, it's like it's like they're both like in an AA meeting and bonding over all this dumb shit that has been done to them. It's that's kind of how it felt. And then they went back mm-hmm. to hating each other, which is yeah. Well, my thing about that is is that like he literally says that the bogey, whenever whenever it bites him, it slows his the magical healing process of fairies. So like I think that he was just healing and she just came in at the tail end of it because like, he didn't really encourage her helping him. He didn't Mm -hmm. necessarily like say no to it either. But I think that that was like him being like, she finally wants to be alone with me. I'll I'll let her do this. And um, I I don't know. I kind of think that he was healed the next day, but he kept the bandage on to make her feel like she actually helped a lot. And so I think that that's interesting. Um, And then, what was the last point? Bonding over trauma. Others they start hating each other again afterwards because the study is right after. So yeah, it's like he Mm -hmm. he's very much the person who gets two steps forwards, three steps back. That's kind of their relationship, which is so frustrating to read because the back of the book is like, oh, she falls for him. I'm like, bitch, where? Like at when, what point? Also, why is she choosing him over <laughs> but Lucian? I, I don't understand. Sensy man with red hair and a pot's mask—that's my. I don't think Lucian. I think she considers Lucian a friend, and I don't think Lucian will ever consider her as. Like he might think that yeah she's an attract she's attractive for a human, but I don't think he's ever going to see her. If, if the queer coding that you alluded to in the last episode is correct. And he's gay, then he's never going to see her as a mate. He's, he probably will never see her as a mate, even if, you know, he is uh, Mm -hmm. straight. That's the word. He'll probably never see her as a mate because she killed his best friend lover whatever he is to him she's never he's never gonna see her that way and she's just like yeah and i think he's this is really dumb (laughs) but i just realized this episode that tamley was blonde, and i totally changed how he looked to me because i was thinking brown hair but like light brown hair and they're like oh his hair is the same color as the sunlight i was like what he's blonde (laughs) and that was just a revelation (laughs) for me (laughs) no i've I've always pictured him as blonde and, but the problem with blonde from, or as far as his description is blonde and you know, he's sun, he has sun kissed skin. Like he's very tan. And you know, I don't know if it's because I'm not, I don't tan or what, but like, I can't envision, the sun-kissed skin with just think of any surfer boy and then i can't but that that's helps. not Thank you a surfer boy is so much an antithesis to everything his character is that it's such a it's almost irreconcilable to me to be able to picture mm-hmm. that but i guess he has green eyes normally surf boys have blue eyes in my mind obviously these are a lot of stereotypes but it's just also Lucian I am almost positive will not end up being gay I just like to queer code everything because it makes so many more books more interesting when it's basically queer coded because most books are the antithesis of having anything queer any diversity in the LGBTQ plus community that Mm -hmm. (laughs) even something as Mm simply as him being upset about a friend's death I'm like ooh gay <laughs> gay it's like the seagulls when so it's like <laughs> like gay 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 like cuz it just there's so lack of representation that even looking like even that little bit is like oh maybe maybe there's hope maybe there's a little bit which hopefully there maybe hopefully i'm wrong hopefully i'm wrong and is specifically queer coded and he's very much on the spectrum of being bi or gay or whatever would love that, would make this book so mm-hmm. much more interesting and more diverse because I'm already thinking mm-hmm. it's not a very diverse book. Just, I mean, there's some no. tan people in it, but there's no one that's like, and not African-American because this is obviously not American, but no one who's black, Asian, or been described as. So that's something that I'm mm-hmm. hoping as we move to different courts that there is more diversity within the fae. Because I think the humans probably dislike anyone who's not like themselves. So there's probably a lack of diversity within the humans. If this is English, Europe, where majority of those people are more Caucasian in color. One thing I also wanted to write about the enemies of lovers that I was talking about, which I do love to get enemies of lovers, is that I get really uncomfortable by strong power dynamics within the couples so it almost makes me a little uncomfortable how Mm -hmm. much more powerful that he is than her so while i was kind of upset about her mother possibly being Faye, and her having powers i think that would actually be very good for their relationship so they could stand a more equal footing of power considering he's the head of Mm -hmm. the Supreme court i don't think I don't know, but I don't think she'd ever be as powerful as he is. But I do think that would be beneficial for their relationship to have a more equal footing in power dynamics. I agree. I very much so agree. But those are my notes. And you went first for ranking last time. So I'm going to go first on ranking this time. Are we ranking all the characters still? I only only did the characters that were... Had speaking roles in these characters, okay. which is just three. So, you know, like I'm pretty sure either if we don't have the same list with these three characters, yeah, I'll okay. be very, very surprised. But yeah, let's just say that. And then I'll go ahead and just give a disclaimer that I don't think my rankings of the non speaking characters have really changed that much. I still think Alice and Mercenary are still pretty high on my list. Lucian's still my third. But other than that, non-speaking roles have not changed much i do think i got a spoiler with nessa that she comes in in later series but i don't think that's that book so she has not changed at all um are we um, just doing the three characters i mean mine aren't gonna change non-speaking characters yeah non-speaking characters still gonna be uh thomas then isaac then Andres because Andres like chose to be turned into a wolf, which is so badass. So he's even higher now than the other two. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Andres is first. Um, like, yeah. yeah I'm still ranking by how interesting these characters are. So it's definitely Elaine, then the father, then Nessa. Then I would still put. I don't know. Feyre and Tomlin are pretty much neck and neck. I think Feyre might have come out a little bit ahead this episode, just because Tomlin put put his foot in his mouth so many times, and was such a pouty little baby boy mm-hmm. that I think Feyre came out of. <laughs> poor, ta- poor Tammy, Tammy boy, boy just was a little Tammy too boy. pouty for me this this these five chapters. So Feyre got a little bit higher ahead, though. Mm-hmm. Her marking every window and door in the house on one sheet of paper made me laugh a lot. It was still something, and I appreciate the effort. Obviously, Lucian's Mm -hmm. first out of the three characters that we saw this episode. And then Alice and Mercenary. Briefly, a little bit Mm -hmm. of how Lucian He's closed the gap a whole lot. I think if it continues on where he's the only one mentioned and not them, he'll pull ahead pretty soon. Yeah, so for me, I'm just going to do the three characters because at this point, the other characters... If they come back in, okay, then I'll add them back. But right now they're kind of, Mm -hmm. they're irrelevant. They're gone. Like they're not, they're not in this world. They're not in this other than Alice. They're not in this world. They're not of this time. We've time traveled. Did you all miss that in the first 13 chapters? (laughs) So number one for me is Lucian. Lucian pulled way hell ahead. This, these five chapters, then Feyre I'm starting to warm up to her a little bit. Still not totally in agreement with all of her decisions and everything. And then Tamlin's last. <sighs> and I got a spoiler. Oh, you told me this one. And I the can't other day. get it out of my, I, I don't know. I can't read him. Me it, either. So just for all, for all Well, It makes me we're sad. we spoil you guys too, if you have not read it. It's it's just the phrase Tots at Tamlin yeah. is all I know, and also we already knew from yeah. the get go that there's another character Riceand, which we mentioned recent. Oh yeah, because it's recent. Reese. Um, who comes yeah. in and is also a love interest? So that's why we saw that. So I'm sure at some point, yeah. probably this book, because I think he gets introduced at this point. There is a love triangle, um, but we saw Tots at mm-hmm. Tamlin, so that's very much coding and changing the way I think I. Yeah, we th- we view him now. Yeah, like everything we're thi- we're now. Yeah, it kind of ruined it. And I try to stay away from spoilers, mm-hmm. but it just came up, and it was the very first thing that I saw. Well, I, I got the spoiler so sad that Nessa gets because a new I love didn't want- So she definitely comes back in the story at some point. I I have seen her name because my phone has figured out that we're talking about this. So like it wants to pull up stuff that is related to A Court of Thorns and Roses. So, you know, like, in my Instagram feed, there's just mm-hmm. random stuff about A Court of Thorns and Roses. So, yeah, I knew that Nesta was going to come back in. I don't know who her love interest is. I'm not exactly excited I about her I coming am. back in. Because she is my least favorite I think it'll be interesting. Because I know she'll sucks. have to grow up before she'll It just... She'll have to become a better person before she'll get a love interest. I do know the name. I'm not going to say it. But because we have not met them also. Thank you. So it's irrelevant kind of at this point. Mm-hmm. But just mm-hmm. to be perfectly upfront and honest, that is kind of why we're starting to read Tamlin a little bit more controlling, frustrating, moody. Mm-hmm. But also, I would also have written moody boy in my notes regardless, just because he is being... Yeah. And I yeah. honestly hope he surprises us. And I think he, because he, she must fall in mm-hmm. love with him for some reason. I'd like to think it's not entirely just Stockholm syndrome. So I hope along the way, right, we yeah. do get surprised and w- um, pursue the interest of that ship more as we read this book. I agree. So what was your favorite quote? So I did a lot less like little flaggies this time. But I do have a favorite quote. And I actually went a little more serious this time, surprisingly enough. Um, So it's talking about how powerful Lucian and Pharaoh are talking about how powerful Tamlin really is. And the quote is... Lucian studied the wine as goblet. You don't hold on to power by being everyone's friend. And among the fairies, lesser and higher fae alike, a firm hand is le- needed. We're too powerful and too bored with immortality to be checked by anything else. Which was really interesting to me because I think that's... Whenever anyone says, oh, I have a one wish a fairy, I wish for immortality. I think that's the dumbest wish of all time. I think you'd get bored. You'd start hating everyone. you start hating yourself. I do not think that any person with a rational mind and a rational personality would want to live with themselves for thousands of years. And I think that quote very much speaks to that. And it brings up the interesting thought of immortality um, versus being alive and living, which just because you're alive and are able to live mm-hmm. forever does not mean you're actually living and experiencing what life truly is. That The quote that you chose was mm-hmm. one of my favorites, but... My favorite quote is the reason that I chose this drink, because Cauldron was, it stuck out to me so much. I was like, when Lucian said, Cauldron, no, something, 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 I was like, did he just use that as in saying, like, God, no. And then every time I saw it after that, I was like, he's using it in the place of oh God, or oh fuck. Like he's using it as an and um, a replacement for a cuss word. And so cauldron no, well, thank the cauldron and by the cauldron are my favorite quotes for this. So what you're saying this, is we should only chapters. swear using the word cauldron from now on. Okay, got it. Yes, yes. What the cauldron are you talking about? All right this was great well, thank I you all it. for coming along this ride with us it's a much more succinct episode so uh, thank you for bearing with us in the last one hopefully you still got a kick out of it and we're gonna continue on like this until we kind of get to the bottom of Tamlin and Feyre hopefully she goes to therapy both her and Tamlin need to go to therapy <laughs> Lucian needs to just be the love of my life <laughs> keep being here. we appreciate all you guys listening and we'll see you guys next time so Brynn you ready mm-hmm. for a cheers cheers for more information and updates follow us on instagram twitter and tiktok at sips and Subtext. if you like what you're listening to make sure you subscribe and follow us and if you're feeling extra nerdy give us a buzzworthy review